Welcome. You are listening to Mountain View Scattered. This is an audio companion to our weekly church gatherings. It is a way to stay connected while you are away and to learn more about our community, how we can best reach and serve it. I'm your host, Wade. We are a church plant. Uh, And in case you didn't know, we were begun by Mountain View Somerset West back in 2015. Um, Due to a lot of hard work on team members there, including Pastor Tom, Pastor Mark, and as many of you will remember, all the worship teams that came through and helped us, that set up tea for us each week, and so on and so forth. Uh, So this was a church that was begun by someone else. It was a church that was planted by someone else. Then in 2016, September of 2016, which just for the record, we did not celebrate a birthday this year for our church. We're doing that today, kind of, okay? And that's why there's so much pudding. Um, in 2016, we relaunched here at the Hermanus Waldorf School um, for a specific reason. And that specific reason is because we wanted to be a church that was reflecting the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to worship and scatter to share the good news about the person and the work of Jesus. Now, there's a lot of thought in that statement. There's a lot going on, but a couple of words that we need to pick up, okay? The first two words we want to pick up are gathered and scattered. These are words that we regularly use here to talk about our Sunday gatherings, okay? The church gathered together. And the other six days of the week, we call this the church scattered, So there's your first two words. The next two words I want you to pick up on are the person and the work. Now, all of us, if you don't know it by heart yet, that's okay, because I get confused sometimes as well. But we usually say a statement together, the word made flesh, right? We've all heard this before. Um, And in that, we're not just talking about the person of Jesus. Now, his perfect life does save us. His perfect death does save us. His resurrection is the promise of our resurrection, of our forever life spent with God in relationship with Him. But these things, His death, His rising again, His good work, His perfect life lived for you and for me, this is both who He is, but it's also what He has done for us. So in that short phrase, those are the things that I want you to pick up on. But you'll see here at the top of the screen, it's titled The History and the Heart. So we know the history of Mountain View Hermanus a little bit. Planted 2015, launched 2016 here. Um, What is the heart of Mountain View? And it it really is that second, this statement right here. Um, It is to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we share the good news the person and work of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Um, I hope to, within the next couple of weeks, uh, I'm trying to get it shrunk down into a smaller size so that I can be a little bit cheaper on printing costs, but here in the next couple of weeks, I want to get one of these into the hands of everyone, okay? Just a little packet to share with you, Um, and we'll talk a little bit more here in just a little bit about what that's going to look like. Um... But in order to further explain what the gospel is, I'm not going to go and read everything I have written down here, although I think it's written well, okay? Instead, I just want to say this. 
The gospel is that God the Son freely agreed to die for us. To suffer our deserved condemnation and doom in our place. And He didn't just agree from eternity to do that. He actually did it. On the cross for free for each and every one of us. This is the good news about the work of Jesus done for us. This is our heart as a church. We want everything that we do as a church to revolve around this. So we're going to talk about some education that we want to be doing. We want to talk about membership. We want to talk about constituting. Um, we want to talk about uh, what the relationship of Mountain View, Hermanus and Mountain View, Somerset, Somerset West is going to look like and continue to look like, how we hope to strengthen that, how we hope to focus that. But anything that we do is going to be revolved around this. So the Everyday Justice Conference, uh, were there good practical things that we could learn from it? Yes. Was there history that we could learn from it? Yes. Do we need to learn those things? Yes. Do we need to be called to a point of action from that conference? Yes, I think that we do. And yet, if we had talked about justice without talking about biblical justice, it would be without this. It would be without the gospel. We don't want any of that. That's also why, as we've been going through this longer statement of faith, each and every week, it's really taking it back to the work of Jesus on our behalf. We want everything to be about the gospel. Now, you might be asking yourselves, or you may have been in churches in the past um, where, and I was in a church like this growing up, where each and every week there was an altar call. There was a call to repentance and faith for you to walk down the aisle. It just so happened that we never had anyone new at our church, okay? <laughs> we never had anyone new at our church. And whether people understood the gospel or not, I don't know. But what I did not feel compelled to do was to get up and walk to the front every week. Why? Well, Jesus saves you, okay? If you know that Jesus is your Savior, that you, if you have turned away from your sin and yourself and turned towards resting and relying upon Him, then you are saved. You don't need to follow an altar call every week. But each and every week, and I hope that you hear it each and every week, because it's there, we just have to make sure that we're putting our ears on. The gospel is presented each and every week in the midst of our services, whether it be in the Lord's Supper or in the preaching it's there. So, that's what happens when we are a church together. Uh, we've talked about these three questions that we could ask ourselves. Uh, why the local church? What is the local church? The how of the local church. That is how we do church. Um, and just to give you a short overview of what is the local church, we, we talked about this as we went through uh, the fifth gospel, Isaiah. Okay, We talked about God's people in God's place under his authority experiencing the fullness of our blessings, of his blessings for us. And that's really the shortest definition I can give you for what the local church is. It's people set aside by God. That's the church, right? The people. But then we also meet for church. Hello, in a place. So we are God's people in God's place, under his authority. The desire is that each week, even if you already know the good news and know that Christ is your Savior, 
Each and every week, the hope is that when you hear that, you are reminded to repent, to turn away from your sin and yourself, to turn towards Jesus. And in that, what you're doing is you're placing yourself under Christ's authority. So that's what we do as a church body each and every week. Um, the, the, what is the local church more specifically? Um, we call ourselves a group of believers that meet locally and regularly, properly celebrating the Lord's Supper and baptism, practicing gracious church discipline for holiness under qualified leadership. And here's another thing I need you to remember for a couple minutes later, okay? Qualified leadership that is multiplying and clearly about the mission that Jesus has set us on. And then the how of the local church, and we go through this all the time. We want to be a church that is word-centered. Why? Because God's word, the Bible, as we have it, as Steve presented to us again this morning, is how God has chosen to reveal himself to us. Now, do you have a personal experience with that word? Do you have a personal experience in your life with your salvation uh, through the blessing of God the Holy Spirit? Yes, you do. But when it comes to how God has chosen to reveal himself to everyone in the whole world, he's chosen to do that through his word. So we want to be a church that is word-centered. We want to make sure that every opportunity that we have, the word of God is read, that it is preached, that it is praised, that it is used, that it is prayed, that it is prayed with, that it is used in praise, that it is pictured. And we know from reading God's word that it is through that that God is going to use really this simple thing. I don't even know where my Bible's at. I've lost the word, okay? <laughs> but God's going to use this simple book to grow us individually and grow us together as a church body. So that seems pretty simple. I mean, you're forced to do that every week that you come here, okay? <laughs> you're forced to do that. But another question that we could ask ourselves, we've talked about the gathered, Let's talk about the scattered, though. And now, if you've heard these things before, it's probably because you've heard these things before, okay? But we're refining them. I'm refining them. And we're refining them as a church body. We're putting them into the context of our church body, what it should look like for our church body. This is not a great picture, but it's as good of a picture as I can use right now, okay? Um, and when we are scattered as a church, when we are sent out each and every week, when I say you are sent, we are sent to be on the mission that Jesus has set us on, okay? To be telling others about who he is and what he has done for us. But as we are sent, I know for, from myself, for myself, and probably for you as well, it can be confusing because you can say to yourself, Wade, you know, it kind of looks like you're the guy that's up front, you're leading things, you're doing things. I don't know what else I can do in this church body. Um, and that's a legitimate question to ask. And that's a legitimate concern to have. If you're looking at me and you're saying, wow, Wade really puts himself up front, center, all about him. I, I hope that you don't think that. I hope you don't think that. Um, but it it can. Sometimes it can look like I'm just up here all the time and no one else is, all right? That's one of the blessings of having Derek preach for us, having Steve preach for us, um, having different people read scripture, um, having two teams of people that can lead worship. Sonny, you're a team all by yourself. No, you bring your team with you. You bring your team with you. 
And yet you could be asking yourself, okay, wait, what can I actually do as a part of Mountain View for Mamas? And really, the answer is the same for me and for everyone in this room. And that is that we have, um, like I said before, we have to be on the mission that Jesus has set us on of sharing the good news. How are we going to do that? Well, there's three areas, big, and it's a big brush that I'm painting with. But there's three spheres of life that God has planted each of us in. We call these callings or vocations, places that God has called you to. Um, and all of them revolve around the center part, our union with Christ. That is our relationship with Christ. Um, Jesus uniting us with himself, making us one in him. And so the first place we've already talked about is in the church. That is us gathered together. But another very obvious one should be in our homes with our family. See, each of us have been called to be husbands or wives or friends or cousins or brothers or sisters or parents or children. And all of us have been called to use our homes as an opportunity to have fellowship or relationship with other Christians. And that's one way that you can be involved in church life, is by welcoming others into your home to share tea, share coffee, share a meal. If you don't have the financial ability to share a meal with someone all the time, then buy a couple of Cokes, okay, and share that with someone. That's okay, too. Um, in our homes, though, too, we, look, one of the simplest ways that Tara and I, okay, if you go out on the street today and you invite someone to church, what are the chances that that person is going to come to church with you? Maybe, I'll tell you, in the white community, not great, right? Not great at all. Um, what is a greater likelihood that if you invite that person that does not know Jesus into your home to share a meal with you, and then you do it again, and then you do it again, they get to know you, they see your picture on the wall, they see whatever's going on in your household. They see something that they don't have that you do have, and that is the joy that we have together in Christ. So you might be asking, what is one thing that I can do for this church, Wade? Or what is one thing that I can do as a part of this church? That is to invite people into your homes. To invite people into your life. And maybe that doesn't mean, you know, everyone's sitting on the couch or around the table and sharing a meal together. Maybe that does mean walking down to the spaza shop and grabbing a Coke and walking the person home. Maybe that does mean meeting someone in town for a cup of coffee. This is honestly the only way that I evangelize to people, okay? Um, one, because I don't know of a better way, and two, I don't know of a more effective way. So in our homes, this is one opportunity that we have, okay, to be sharing the good news about Jesus. But also, we could say in the world, and what I mean by that is each of us have been called to some other vocation out in the world, Maybe it's part-time employment, maybe it's full-time employment, maybe you're retired and that looks more like social activities, clubs, 
or volunteerism, whatever it looks like for you, that is a place that God has called you to. So um, we were at the Flower Festival last week, and the Hermanus Bird Club had a, had a, uh, a, a booth set up, okay? Um, I'm not quite to the point to where I want to become a part of the Hermanus Bird Club, although my inner nerd really loves the idea, okay? And I got a sticker. I got a sticker, okay? But the reality is that if I were to go and be a part of the Hermanus Birding Club, this would be a place that God has called me to. Hold on, wait, wait a second. Are you telling me that you chose to go out and do something, and now you're saying that God sent you there? Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. You can go anywhere in this town and do anything (laughs) that is not dishonoring to God and be within his will for you. And you can use whatever that thing is, whatever that place is, to bring people into your family, into your home. Get to know them. Let them get to know you. Um, Which, for instance, and I'll just speak for me because I can't speak for everyone else, is that's why we have an office space in town. Right? I'm not at that office space very often, and yet I go to that office space and random people come in there. And everyone else that's kind of my co-worker, even though they're a tattoo artist and some shady lawyers and uh, some beard oil people, okay, uh, they're like my co-workers. And I have the opportunity to share the good news with them on a regular basis. Okay? All right. So these are all spheres of our life that God has called us to, vocations that God has called us to, to show the, share the good news with others and invite other people into relationship with him. I'm seeing now that I have to speed up, so forgive me, okay? I'm, I'm not going to keep you here all afternoon. Uh, here, here's a question, though, and here's something that we have not addressed yet as a church. How do we organize as a church? How do we organize? Uh, Now, with Mountain View Somerset West, we're working on a constitution and all that kind of stuff. That's not what I want to talk about today. What I want to talk about is the nuts and bolts of what our church looks like. And let's just start at the very top of the ladder, the top of the pyramid, and it's not me, okay? The top of the pyramid is Jesus. We see this in 1 Peter chapter 5 as we study together. He is called the chief shepherd. The Bible tells us that Jesus is our lead shepherd. He lays down his life for his sheep. He leads his sheep out of danger and sin and exile. And it is to him that all other under-shepherds, that's me, that's Tom, that's whoever else, will give an account. And we all know that all of us easily stray away and turn away from our shepherd, but he warmly carries us back into the fold to feed us, and to lead us again. That's who our chief shepherd is. And that is who, under shepherds, uh, otherwise known as pastors, elders, overseers, bishops, it's all the same word in the text, okay? And that's who we're supposed to model ourselves after. Elders, otherwise known as bishops, Pastors, bishops, or overseers in the biblical text. This is a truly privileged and honored position. But not in the way that we usually think of. So now, uh, many of you know that I teach a theology course in Swahili. I love it. There's pastors in that room who I have grown to love and enjoy spending time with. 
And yet, when they're thinking about the role of the elder, they're not thinking about it in a privileged position in the sense that this is someone that lays down their life for their sheep. Primarily, they're thinking about it as someone who has authority over their sheep. Now, that's true with Jesus. We know that to be true. And yet, it runs deeper than that. It is a role of responsibility and weight. It is a role of self-sacrificing care for Christ's flock, primarily through the ministry of God's word, and it is to the chief shepherd and his sheep that all elders are to be held accountable. So elders, that's going to be one way that we organize ourselves as a church. That is shepherds that are put into the life of the church to lay down their lives for the sheep and to minister with the word. Now, a second category that we have are deacons. Now, what is a deacon? Because deacons in many churches are elders, okay? Um, But what we're talking about here, literally, the word in the text means servant. And that's what deacons are to do. They are to serve the physical needs of the church. Now, that could sound pretty vain, but it's not. Because when we meet the physical needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ, we are also reaching down to them, reaching out to them, up to them on a spiritual level. So deacons, when they are serving well, they are meeting physical needs and enriching and encouraging the flock spiritually. Now this is a role that we do not yet have in our church life. This will be a role that we have in our church life. Once, in all honesty, and we're getting close to that point now, uh, that as we see in Acts chapter 6, deacons are created for the church when the work of shepherding and physical care for the flock becomes too much for the elders. And that's the way we're going to work it. Uh, Now, if we were a more established church with a larger group and we're just trying to introduce it, we would just put people into place now. But look, we're a church plant. We're a growing church. We're a beginning church. And putting things into place too quickly could have negative effects for us. We'll talk about that later. And then lastly, if you're not an elder, you're not a deacon, then what are you? Well, then you're a part of the congregation. Oh, great, Wade. Great, that sounds really boring. But here's the beautiful thing, okay? We call ourselves Mountain View Baptist Church. Why do we call ourselves Mountain View Baptist Church? Because we are a kind of church called Baptist, okay? And Baptist churches throughout history, we began in the mid-1600s, early 1600s. Uh, It has been about the congregation being the driving force behind the life of the church, So the elder has their responsibility, the deacon has their responsibility, and yet the congregation also holds authority and responsibility for making sure that the church and church life move forward. Uh, Each Baptist church, in this sense, acts independently, but is also interdependent. That is that we rely upon other churches as well. And we know from 1 Peter as well that we studied together that church members are the living stones of the church that Jesus is building. Um, Later we'll talk a little bit more about first steps to structure. We don't have time for it this morning. Uh, But one of those things is leadership training. And this is something that we're going to be doing. Um, What that looks like, we can talk about later as well. Not going to take the time. Constituting, which we already mentioned. And then membership. Uh, Now, without a full-on constitution for us as a church family quite yet, we can't do what we would necessarily consider formal church membership. 
Um, but what we, what we can do is start getting all those mechanisms into place that we need. And that means me and probably Tara, um, for, for our sisters in Christ that don't have their husbands coming to church, uh, that probably means me and Tara meeting with you, talking with you, um, and not digging into your life, but digging into who you know yourself to be because you are one with Christ. And so we want to make the opportunity to do that. For everyone else, that probably means me coming over, interviewing you, asking you some questions, which you'll know, and just making sure that we're ready so that when it comes time for membership, we are all there together as one, ready to enter into that, okay? Um, And we can talk more about that later. But for uh, developing leaders, right, because we said one thing that we want our church to be defined by is to be under qualified leadership that is multiplying. So if I'm the only one that's ever up here, I have failed, okay? I have failed. Um, If we never get to a point of welcoming other elders, I have failed. Deacons, I have failed. If I don't do the work of empowering you as a congregation to help lead the life of the church, I have failed. And I'm not saying that to be self-deprecating or hard on myself. That's just true, okay? Um, So there are different ways that we can do this. Um, One of the ways that I know that we're going to be doing this, um, well, first of all, developing partnerships. uh, Our partnership with Mountain View Somerset West and any church that we help to plant along with Mountain View Somerset West. Okay. Um, also, ABWE, which is an organization that Tom and Nancy and Tara and I uh, work with, and so we have many other pastors and churches that are networked together. And then lastly, another organization that we're looking at partnering with, and all of these would be to be strengthening the body of our church, uh, but also to help us plant other churches, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. But one training opportunity that we have coming up here at the beginning of the year um, is called Crosslands Training. Um, Now, there is a cost involved in this, and I know that not everyone will be able to fit the cost for that, so we're going to find a way to make that work, all right? But what this is, is a really solid, world-class training. Uh, Steve, I know that you and Robin have been through something that's basically identical to it, Uh, in different times, I think, right? Yeah? Okay. Um, But here's just an idea of what that's going to look like next year. There are four courses that we could take next year. Each course is about nine weeks long, so or nine sessions. We would probably take nine weeks to do it. Uh, One is understanding God's story, and that is just looking at different texts in the Bible and understanding where it fits into the larger story of the whole Bible. That's like what we do each time that we start a new book of the Bible. When we start Isaiah, we went through... He's fine, T. Hey, bud. Um, Then gospel change. If you have questions about whether you're saved, okay, um, look, here's the deal. You don't have to question it. If you know that Jesus' blood was spilt for you and you've turned away from your sins, you don't need to question it. But maybe you need that extra encouragement as to what your life should now look like. And and that's the gospel change course. Union with Christ. That is what a continued strengthening relationship with Jesus looks like and then how that looks being worked out into the lives of others around you. And then lastly, apologetics. I don't even know what that word means. I'll let Steve talk to you about that, okay? Okay. Almost there, almost there. I know we're, we're running over on time. Uh, so planting and growing. 
planting and growing. Um, we, as a church body, want to be planting and growing, all right? Now, we put planting first. Why? Well, we are a church plant. Are we planting? Yeah, we're kind of still planting, but we want to be planting other churches, okay? We want to be a church that plants other church bodies, um, We also want to be, you know what, I've got these all messed up, so I'm just going to put them all out there on the screen, okay? Uh, we are a church that has been planted, and right now we are cultivating the ground that we have been planted into to help this church body grow. Um, we, I'm not going to read it now, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 9, we read about Apollos and Paul. Uh, some people are planting, some people are watering, some people are watching the growth no matter what, God is bringing the growth. We have faith that as a church body, Jesus is going to grow his church. He's going to build his church. He's going to do that by bringing people into our church. Yes. He's also going to do that by strengthening you and your relationship with him. And that's what we want to see as a church body. But it's no good to just stop there. It's no good to just stop there. Because, look, we know this. There are other churches in Hermanus that preach the gospel, and we thank God for them. Um, how are we different? Why would we start another church? Well, we want to start another church because we want to be a church that is planting other churches. We want to be a church that is taking older churches that are dying and replenish them and, and, re, and strengthen them again. We want to have brand new seeds that are planted into the ground that will one day grow into a church body. All right, we'll leave it there for now, except for, I'm going to, I'm going to say this one last time, okay? Um, we have been planted as a church to be a church planting church. Um, now, we have to prayerfully remain faithful in everything that we're doing now but we want to add more to that because if we grow insular, that is, imagine like um, uh, what you keep your coffee hot in, right? Uh, everything's hot on the inside, but everything on the outside is cool. You can touch it, right? We don't want to be like that, okay? We, we want to be like the cup that you shouldn't touch the outside of where the heat is radiating off of it. If we become insulated in just a church body that's not affecting our community, not affecting other communities, not affecting other churches positively, then we have failed. We have failed. And we don't want to do that, okay? We want to be faithful to what it is that God has called us to. And I'm not saying that as a self-defeating statement, but we have before us a great commission to go to every nation, right? Uh, telling people about Jesus, baptizing them in his name, and teaching them to obey everything that he's commanded. We want to do that. We want to be faithful to that. Um, and we also want to be faithful here in our town, in our neighborhood, right? Loving our neighbor as ourselves, just as we love God. Okay. Um, as far as our beliefs, each week we've been walking through a statement of faith. Um, and it's a standard of what should be taught at Mountain View. And the reason why the focus on the gospel is there every week is because we want that to be a standard, that is to say that I never want you to come to church and not hear the good news. Why? Because even if you're already saved, you need to hear it each and every week. Just as Steve was saying today, repentance is continual. It's continual, and we want to make sure it's continual for each of us. Okay, baggage claim. Now, if you've ever traveled, whether it's on a bus or a taxi or an airplane, 
you know, you strap your bag to the top, you throw it underneath. At the end, you got to pick up the baggage, and you're hoping that no one else picks up your baggage for you, okay? Um, well, no one else is going to pick up our baggage for us. And oftentimes, I get the question, maybe not from necessarily from people in this room, but what is a Baptist church? What is a Baptist church? And I hear crazy things, like, do you guys kill snakes in the service? Are you guys baptized with fire? I don't know what that means, okay? I don't want to be baptized with fire, okay? Uh, okay, a trial, okay, I get that. But I don't know, when people say things like that, I think they're crazy, and I don't know what they're talking about, okay? Uh, other times, people are bringing in other crazy ideas that I don't even know how to address. But here's, here's three big ideas, okay? Baptist churches are historically rooted. Now, I say that, and Baptist churches are all different, all over the world. Why? Because Baptist churches are seen as independent churches. We choose to associate and team up with other people, and yet, maybe those other people don't necessarily define who we are as an individual church. So we are independent churches. We are locally grounded. And yet, for the sake of growing and multiplying, sorry, growing and multiplying, we want to associate, we want to team up with other people. Okay, so Baptist churches are historically rooted, they're locally grounded, they team up to grow and to multiply, and yet there's five other things that we could look at, six other things that we could look at real quick, okay? Um, and the first of which is Baptist churches throughout history, starting in the year 1604, I think actually, okay, uh, have been grounded in sola scriptura. This is God's word alone. Now, oftentimes today, that gets confused with another idea of God's word only. That is that we don't need anyone's help in understanding God's word. If that's your idea, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're wrong. You need help. I need help. We all need help. Okay? That's where the historically grounded bit comes in. Is there a lot of God's word that we can understand? Yeah, sure. You can read, repent, and believe, and know what you're supposed to do. And yet there's other parts where all of us need help. We wouldn't preach through the God's word book by book, verse by verse all the time if we didn't need help with it. But this means that God's word is our only authority for faith and for practice. That is, if God's word forbids something, we listen to it. If God's word is silent about something, we're either silent about it or ambivalent towards it, okay? That is, it doesn't matter. Or... If God's word commands us to do something, then we do it. Okay? Um, also, it, God's word is what designs our church, right? Elders, deacons, the congregation, that's where we get that from, is God's word. We also, historically anyway, Baptist churches have been covenanting members. That is, that when you become a member of a church, you make a promise to your other congregants, to your other church members, that you're going to shepherd their souls, and they're going to shepherd yours. Um, and then also believer's baptism. Uh, that is to say that we believe that people that are old enough to, with their brain power, say that, yes, I believe the Bible is true and that I do believe that Jesus is my Savior, then they should be dunked into some water, okay? <laughs> we can talk more about baptism later. We discussed it before the service um, a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, we've already talked about the way that Baptist churches are set up. The separation of church and state we talked about. What does that mean? And 
I think you're, it sounds big when I say it like that, the separation of church and state. This does not separate God from the world. This is not a separation of God from the world. This is, um, well, we have a very powerful example in the history of South Africa. When the church gets involved in political things that are hurtful to other people, what happens to the church? It becomes hurtful to other people. That's not what the church was designed to be. So the church is not here to set up kingdom life in the here and now. We're not here to declare that Mountain View Baptist Church, although I hope it is a taste of the kingdom, it's not the kingdom, right? Um, And we're not going out into the world and declaring people to be killed because they've sinned or nothing crazy like that, okay? Um, We do not, as a church, sponsor political parties nor do we want political parties to sponsor us. That doesn't mean that you can't be involved in politics and passionate about it and hopeful for change in our world. You should be if you have that desire, but it's not something that's commanded of us to do, and it's something that we should not be marrying ourselves to. Um, And we'll just leave that there. Uh, Baptists historically have seen the Great Commission as a binding New Testament command, a new covenant command. That is, when Jesus tells us to go, he means it, and we should be obedient to that. And then lastly, we've already talked about it, the local church is independent and interdependent. That is, that it is independent from other churches. We make our own decisions, and yet we realize that we're not good alone, right? (laughs) And that we need help from others, and we need to help others as well. So it's good to team up with others. And on that note, that's all I have. I know I just threw a whole bunch of stuff at you. Um, But as we move into 2019, here's my desire for our church. Um, Well, I'll say it like this. Uh, You might also be asking, wait, you know, I'm not not certain that this whole one week, one day out of the week of us getting together and singing some songs, I'm just not sure that's cutting it for me. And you are right. It's not cutting it for you. It's not cutting it for you. Nor should you think that it is. Um, for me personally, now I do get to be up front here and I do get to share a lot of words. And yet because of that, I also get a a lot of encouragement, uh, particularly from the men in this congregation. Um, and I need that in my life. And I'm not being funny with you now. Like Vusani is an encouragement to me, uh, in, in ways that no one else is. And Derek is an encouragement to me in ways that no one else is. And I know that if I'm up here and I say something stupid, uh, Derek, as my friend, is actually going to tell me that I've just said something stupid. Um, Steve, I don't know. You would maybe subtly tell me that I'd said something stupid, but not really say it. That's okay. All right. Um, But I need all of you in my life. And I hope that you see or begin to see that in your Christian life and in your daily life, you need everyone else in this room as well. So my desire is that as we move into 2019, that we all covenant together as members of a body, that is that we make promises to one another, to guard one another, to preach the good news to one another when we need it, to remind each other that you are forgiven, to remind each other that you have been rescued, to encourage one another to go out into the world sharing the good news of Jesus. Um, I am never under the impression that this whole church planting thing is something I can do on my own. 
<laughs> and I hope that you see that you have a part in that. If you don't see the part that you can play in that, um, then we need to talk, and that's good. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there for now, okay? I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. In order to do that, though, I'm going to, it's going to sound weird, but I'm going to use an older prayer to do that. It's not my words. Um, and then we'll be dismissed for the day. Son of God, Lord Jesus Christ, crucified on a cross for us and raised up from the grave, to you we pray. Receive us into your eternal church and keep us always with your Holy Spirit. Guide us in the light of your word. The Almighty God, Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, mercifully protect us, strengthen us, and guide us through your Spirit. May the Almighty God, Father of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who through his gospel is gathering an eternal church among mankind, strengthen you in body and soul, and graciously keep and guide you now and forever. And to that, I would add the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Thanks for listening. And remember that you were brought into the church by the saving work and person of Jesus. Also, that you are sent out to tell everyone about him. We look forward to you joining us for the next episode of Mountain View Scattered.